Hey everybody, it's the Baby Fur Podcast, an 18 plus podcast. This episode's going to be a little bit shorter than usual, and it's going to be a bit nerdy, that's okay. Follow it to the end. There might be some, you might learn something cool. Either way, no matter what, have a good day and enjoy the show. Hello everybody and welcome to the Baby Fur Podcast. Sadly, Lily's voice will not be introducing it today. Uh, Lily and Nate are on a vacation. Uh, by vacation, I mean Nate went up there to to Seattle, and Lily's gonna is Lily is going to who meet him that, there and hang out. So you guys might see an episode from there. Uh, we decided to split it up since we missed last week. I wanted to do an episode of my by myself. Uh, last week was Baby Furcon, and we did a panel there. So we couldn't record it, or else we would have recorded it and given it to you guys. But we weren't able to. It was fun. We met a lot of people there. Uh, and I would suggest supporting them. Uh, it was mostly an online stream, so that was good. But it's not just me today. In fact, I brought a friend. Friend, will you introduce yourself? Well, hello. Yes, I will. I am Vaughn. Von Lennox. Von Green. Uh, so we got like three characters here. There's Von Lennox, Mira, and Arlie Green. Um, but you can call me Vaughn. Uh, have you ever thought about giving Mira a, a middle name? That way you could be Vaughn, middle name of Mira, and then Green? I have... I've thought about a last name for her, but I'm not really sure. I haven't, yeah. I haven't decided on one yet. Yeah. So, uh, you're my friend. And uh, specifically, yeah. you're a nerdy friend. Yeah. So, that'll come up later. But I thought that you'd be perfect for this episode. But how did you even yeah. wind up here? Well, a few years ago, uh, two people met and they made a child. And, well, here I am. Is Oh, is that too far back? No, I mean, kind of, but also not. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> we can start this whole story from there. But uh, you would be Fallout 3 again, and I don't know if you want to be Fallout 3. No. no <laughs> thanks. I got I got my fun out of that game. Um, but how did I get here? Well, I'm sure... Most people in this community, or a lot of people at least, have heard of Foxtails Times. Uh, when I was a kid, I got a very peculiar interest in diapers and things surrounding them. Uh, you know, number yeah. ones and number twos. Um, yeah. And so, of course, as any normal person does with their weird interests, they go to the internet. And I found Foxtails Times. And I really liked the art. I really, really enjoyed the stories, which is also art. So, uh, CS Fox? Yes, yeah, CS Fox was a really good <laughs> <laughs> um, Highly influential. <laughs> yes. Um, very, very quality writer. I really wish there was more, more stuff of his out there. Um, like the two weeks at Mrs. Ruse was my, and is sort of still my favorite story. Um, at least baby fur related, and yeah, from from there, like 
I read a bunch of stories and I started searching up elsewhere on the internet for stories. But I always went back to Fox Tales Times and I was eventually like, you know what? I really like these cute animals. Hey, what's this? I found Fur Affinity. So I lurked on Fur Affinity for a while and finally made an account in like 2012. Um, and have slowly been opening up and exploring the community since then. Good. That is uh, pretty standard for, I think, people about my age, which is most of the people that we've had on this podcast, I think, uh, uh, of just people finding Fox Hills times and eventually I know. falling down the rabbit hole. So many rabbit holes. So many. Yeah. But at least, uh, you know, your hobby isn't to go and fill them because that'd be a lot of rabbit holes to fill. By the way, what is your hobby? My hobby? Well, got that transition. (laughs) (laughs) Well, beyond uh, filling pants, uh, it's really, I don't have one specific hobby that I like to do. I would like to have one at some point just to, you know, focus my time and energy. But I, currently, yeah, huh? I, I was gonna say I know that you dabbled in it some, right? You dabbled in a lot of things. I've seen you make chainmail. Yeah, I've like I wouldn't call myself a, uh, a jack of all trades, but I have like a little bit of. Well, I would like to think that I have a little bit of everything uh, going up in my brain, just random information. But yeah, like chainmail, I I'm still really into armor. I absolutely love medieval armor. I love like even like more modern looking armor, like chunky, chunky plates, slim like protective armor, but like just anything that looks realistic and like it could protect you. It's it's my jam, and I would love to make some someday. Um, but yeah, I did a little bit of chainmail. I got some linen fabric and tried to make a gambeson once. But uh, other hobbies, um, pretty much a standard video games. I daydream a lot. I would like to get back into 3D modeling and CAD. And yeah. All right. Uh, just so just so everybody knows, in uh, the uh, in 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 the podcast, we are now going to try and record some stuff live. So sometimes, such as today, we're, try- we're testing, I am testing this out personally. Uh, mm-hmm. If you are a Patreon, you can just jump into a chat we have. You won't be able to be heard in voice, but you'll be able to listen to us and uh, feel free to ask questions in the middle of recording, and we might be able to slip something in there. That's just like something extra that I think is useful to have on a podcast. Yeah, uh, because we're not always perfect, but we have one more very important, very vital question to ask you. What's your favorite animal? My favorite animal is cats, felines, and the Philidae. Uh, I want to say family, but I'm I'm sure that's scientifically incorrect. Uh, <laughs> so, like, uh, Philidae. So genus, hyenas, right? What? It's genus. genus no, no, genus. it's Philidae. Wait, how far back are we going? Are we going to like the uh, 
Because I thought um, I thought hyenas were canines. No, they are not. Oh. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Hyenas are actually closer to cats than dogs. Um. But yeah, the it is the, the oh, it is the family Felidae, suborder Filiformia. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Filiformia. It includes like, oh, come on, give me a list here. Come on, Wikipedia, help me out. That's what we're both doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wikipedia is yeah. our friend. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, it includes uh, cats, obviously. Um, yeens. Yeens. Um. What was the other one that was really odd? Oh, they have convergent evolution going on. Okay, that makes way more sense. Yeah, they they sort it's like the the cat that decided to be a little bit more like a dog. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's a situation that happens a lot when yeah. There tends to be a little bit of a usefulness to it body shape. Same thing yeah. like a uh, wings. Wings have developed twice in evolutionary history. One time was by insects, and then there's a completely separate time that we had birds do it. Yeah. Where do bats fall into that? Uh, my fault, there's three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just stupid. <laughs> no. No. But, um, so, but yeah, my, my favorite am aminal is cats. Of all kinds. Because they're really, they're really cute and fluffy. Yeah. And they're like strong and everywhere. They're smart, too. That, that's that's their biggest appeal to me, is that like as a house cat, like they are smarter than the average animal. It's almost like another human, on some levels. Yeah. Like I like how dogs can be very dependent, and they're always happy to see you, and they're always you know, they're always really forward with what they're doing. But the fact that cats are like, no, no I'm happy to see you, but I have my own life here. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> so here's why I thought that you'd be the perfect guest for this so I had to make an episode by myself and I decided due to uh, a string uh, a string of suggestions to how I think from Patreons uh, I decided to talk about the actual science in diapers <gasps> you mean there's not just pee and there's not just pee there's a there's a lot of other things that aren't just me. Uh, ah. So, in order to do this, as I have a I have a background in chemical engineering, somewhat, and to sort of do this, you start learning in science and engineering that science and English are two different languages. Uh, hmm. When a scientist says no, he says with be with without like reasonable, you know. There's no doubt that like, there's, I'm not going to say never, but like there's, there's certain sentence structures and certain ideas that are very unique to how scientists and engineers speak to each other and how people usually speak to each other. And you yeah. have a STEM background as well. And I thought, wow, this is really good. Uh, in addition to this, yours is more materials while mine's chemistry. And there's a bit of both in how exactly diapers are used and made and how they work. So... We're going to get into the nitty gritty of this. This really. Yeah. So. Disclosure. There's going to be a lot of science terms. There's going to be a lot of stuff. I'm going to do my best to explain it. 
I'm going to miss some stuff. Wikipedia has been a big help, but, <laughs> you know, it is how it is. And I might go too much into detail. I might go too little into detail. I am sorry. We're going to have fun, though. Yeah, stay with me. There is some good news at the end of this. I yeah. promise you there's actually good news in this one. <laughs> so. Um, on the, uh, like, the topic of, like, STEM backgrounds and the language of things, like, I, not exactly the language of things, but knowledge of things. Um, like, when, like, when you go through college has some sort of engineer, uh, you, chemical, me, mechanical, um, you do learn a lot of these terms and you start to think in certain ways, or maybe you already thought like that, but it becomes more pronounced. Yeah. Uh, and I just lost my train of thought. Sorry, One moment, please. This is normal. Yes. So, yeah, um, when, you, when you go through this... ADHD. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, you start thinking in very different ways of how the world works. You can, you can kind of turn it off now and then, but there's always going to be a part of me that whenever I see something happening, I go, man, what's the chemical equation? What are the molecules doing with that? Because in my, in my field, there was a lot of focus on how molecules interact and how they like to be, because we're trying to design uh, largely what's going to happen in a chemical reaction for a product. Yes. So and go ahead. Right. Like where I come in is like I like look at things and try and determine like how efficient is that? Like how does that work? Is it working properly? Like I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for Filiformia, like how efficient for different activities is like a cat's hind legs? Like it's got a different form than like a dog's or any other creatures. But yeah, it's like that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I figured that'd be really good because there's some chemistry that goes into it, but there's also some uh, material stuff, such as how, you know, the fluff in a diaper and how that works. Yes. So uh, it's stuff that I could get, like, if I really try to do stuff, but I want somebody to be able to catch me and also understand if I mess something up. <laughs> oh, sure. Or can ask questions about it. So I figured that yeah. you'd be a perfect guest for this. Yeah. So, so, with the help of Wikipedia to remind ourselves of what's actually going on. And Google to help us figure out all the information from multiple sites. Yes. Uh, I have gathered some information on the parts of a diaper and some other things that relate to AV, AVDO that uh, are relevant to the actual science behind it. That probably goes into too much detail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I'm going to start by saying there's a considerable amount of acid-base style reactions. Uh, and if you don't know what acid-base is, is that basically water does not like to stay as H2O. Uh, it is very, very easy for water to say, I don't want you, H, and knock the, we'll knock a hydrogen away. And the hydrogen kind of goes, oh, well, fine. I guess you can keep my electrons. It's a really bad divorce. Uh, yeah. Not a good poly relationship. No, the oxygen, it gets stuck with all the electrons. The oxygen and... is very greedy. It, yeah. is, it, is, it is a gold digger for sure. So it takes the... So in solution, you'll have, especially in like water, just sitting around, that's what uh, the difference between distilled water and regular drinking water and that sort of stuff is, is uh, the amount of 
free-floating hydrogen sterile. Uh, I know that my my chemical engineering lab had a not a material, a uh, a pump that could produce water that was so not ionized that it would be an insulator, not a conductor. Yes. Uh, so that's how we. That's why water conducts stuff is that there's a lot of free floating. Uh, oxygen and hydrogens floating around in water, and they can change. Sometimes there's an H3O, like it says, well, it's okay. The one oxygen goes, well, hydrogen that you're that's alone, come in, let's have a four way. And there's H3O <laughs> that is going on. So there's a lot of yep. flux in between. Them. Uh, and basically, there's a lot of reactions that use this basic idea in diapers that. Is how it works. Is that when water comes in, there's free there's free floating hydrogens and causes a lot of stuff to go on. So the parts of the diaper that I wanted to cover were the sap, pulp, wetness indicators. Uh, I found some interesting stuff on cloth diapers. Uh, how cooling fill-ups work. The smell <laughs> of and the smell of baby powder. Mm, all good topics. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of go through and see how each of these works one at a time. Explain what each of these is. Mm. So we're gonna start with sap because that's the most important part of a diaper. You've all heard of it, S A P. Uh, usually capitalized all the way. It stands for super absorbent polymer. Yes. So we're gonna break it down. A polymer is a molecule. Yeah, it is a molecule who is. A chain of smaller molecules kind of stuck together, often seen in, usually it's seen, the way that we see it mostly in the world is through uh, carbon chains, because carbon carbon does some really interesting things with its electrons when it's together. Uh, specifically, the most common superabsorbent polymer in diapers that's used is known as, what do we have here? Uh, C3H3NaO2, so sodium polyacrylate. So for those who don't know, sodium polyacrylate uh, means that there's a sodium for each section of this uh, carbohydrate chain. There is two oxygens, a um, and two two oxygens, three hydrogens, and three carbons in each small little section. So that makes up one portion of this, and then you stick them, you glue them together. With carbon chains, and you make a very long molecule. Yeah, polymer. Yeah, uh, poly means many. Uh, a single section of a polymer is called a monomer. And this is what like, mono means one. And if you uh, you remember your high school biology, uh, you've heard of DNA. DNA is a polymer. Uh, it's made up of four separate monomers. Like the the parts that we look at are made up of four separate monomers that interact with each other. Yeah. So th that's that's a great example. Of, uh. Now, this particular one, the reason the sodium's in there is that sodium is often used in chemistry to just say, we have a floating, there's an electrical charge in this. <laughs> it means that the molecule isn't electrically balanced very well, and it forms an acid-base solution. So in, when you add this to water, it will be soluble, and it will go from uh, some kind of, if you put it in water, the molecule will go from, the, the sodium will go away to live with the water, and you'll just have the molecule around. Now, yes. what's important about sodium 
polyacrylate is that it kind of bends and twists with each other due to how electronics in the molecule works. It kind of coils up in itself molecularly. But it gets you, really tangled. Yeah, it gets tangled with each other. But when you add water into there, the water's natural electrical forces cause it to start to untangle. And the, 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 water, force, the water forces and the uh, negative forces in the molecule sections start to bond with each other. Meaning, a lot of water molecules get trapped in a bond with the polymer. Yum. And this is where we get the sap. The idea is that this molecule gets exposed to water, aka pee, and uh, it is then unbinds and binds with the water molecules in there, and now the water isn't free-forming. It's now locked in a, in a new system with the sap, the superabsorbent polymer that exists. Yes. And this is used in everything. Uh, there is examples of it being used in bread, juice, ice cream. Uh, it's used because it has a very high heat resistance and is a really and is really good at uh, making sure that it has the it can work with water very well. So hydration is what Wikipedia says. Are you saying that my Wonder Bread has sap in it? Uh, there's probably sap someplace in the in the in the solution. My God! In the process. Don't use Wonder Bread as diapers. Don't, don't. You'll be very disappointed. <laughs> Here's a thing. Sugar's also like water. It's the reason you can dissolve sugar in water. Bread is mostly sugars. It yeah. will start to dissolve almost immediately. And I'm sure you all know this if like, you've been chewing on it for a while and it starts to get all gooey and, and the texture mm -hmm. changes. <laughs> so this sap is just really good at absorbing water. Mm -hmm. All right. But we couldn't have just that because it wouldn't like the the diaper wouldn't stay together almost. It would sort of start to fall apart. Yes. And that's where what we call pulp comes in. Yay. So specifically in diapers you have fluff pulp. So we take small parts of Harpo and then we cut mm -hmm. him up. And put them oh, with no. <laughs> no, 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 we don't do no. that. No, 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 no. Uh, so fluff, so fluff pulp. Uh, it was originally some wood pulp that was used, uh, mm. and wood pulp has some absorbency, so it's kind of like a leftover sort of thing. Uh, it used yeah. to be used as the primary thing that diapers use before yeah. we had polymer chemistry around. Yeah, I think a uh, uh, bana is has a large amount of wood pulp in it. Yeah, the bana M fours and. M and, and, and we use that for a reason, all right? So yeah. over time, we started with this, you know, wood pulp to absorb some wetness and disposable diapers. And then we got polymer chemistry coming in. We learned about these polymers. We saw how to use them. And that started getting incorporated. But the diaper wouldn't stay together. So they mixed sap with this fluff pulp. And that's what keeps the, it nice and fluffy and sturdy and together. Is that within this pulp, there is, or uh, within this, uh, within a diaper, there is the a layer of pulp and sap mixture together, so that it stays nice and flexible while also absorbing. Yes, and if you've ever ever had a diaper that's kind of like exploded, you can see that the sap particles themselves, um, you know, they 
they don't stick together. They go everywhere. Yeah, they're so largely that, a gel. Yeah. So that so the uh the fluff pulp, it creates a sort of like very loosely held not very loosely, but held loosely held together a a sponge sort of thing. Just a matrix of all this fluff and the sap is all within that fluff. Um and something fun is that uh at least in uh baby diapers, I'm not sure if ABDL diapers have this technology. Um the sap and like the density of the sap and fluff near the top is near the top of the diaper where it is closest to your skin is actually less dense than the fluff and sap at the bottom because it need like the urine obviously needs somewhere to go so if it was all just really super dense it would take forever to absorb but with this less dense top layer it absorbs much quicker. It may not hold as much, but it absorbs much quicker and goes and uh, like absorbs through the diaper much more efficiently. Yeah. So the, uh, what I've learned from chemistry is basically all of chemistry is can, can the molecules touch each other? Can, <laughs> can they have the bonding? And that's really it. Is that the the top layer makes it to where it slows down enough. Where it will be absorbed and stay liquid long enough for sap to find it in the lower layers. Yeah, and that's what helps you stay dry is that there's a layer that goes through, and now it absorbs by sap. So in the long term, you feel less wet. Uh, that's why uh, cloth diapers usually you feel really kind of wet and soaked, is that they don't have that. They're mostly cotton based blend. And uh, when you have the cotton in there, yeah, cotton absorbs water, but it's like getting your shirt wet, right? Like, you can get your shirt wet, it will dry out, it will be fine. However, you're going to feel soaked the whole time you have it. It's going to feel heavy, and you're going to waddle. So it's just, it also doesn't stop absorbing, (laughs) because (laughs) the water doesn't go away, it evaporates, right? So cotton just kind of continues to smush down and and essentially stay where it's at until it dries out. Hmm. But then you also have that problem of, like, when it dries out, water is the primary thing of it, but there's also, like, additives and stuff in there, so you have to, like, put the cloth diaper in the wash to get rid of all the, you know, stuff that your pee... Yeah, the salts that your pee leaves behind. So, that's how the fluff pulp is made. And that's why it's so useful. And that's why there's... That's why when you hear about a diaper being squishy or whatever, they're talking about this ratio of pulp to sap. I think more sap, more squishy. However, mm-hmm. you want a good enough of pulp that they stay together. Yes. And that it's not going to be, you know, something that is just all squish. But some have wetness indicators as well. Ooh. Yeah. So sometimes, I know that for a lot of babies it doesn't matter because it's just assume that you're wet and the wetness indicators will just be there all the time. Unimportant. Uh, it's actually a really interesting design choice because you'll see uh, for caretakers, uh, you'll have these very light diapers that need to be changed once or twice in a day. And they'll have wetness indicators to mark, hey, the, the adult is, you know, peed. However, at nighttime, all the overnight diapers tend not to have wetness indicators. That's because it's kind of expected they'll be wet when they wake up. There's no reason to change. There's no reason to have those in there. Yeah. So it was an engineering choice of 
not really green habit. But so from what I could tell from when I looked up, these wetness indicators, I again, a lot of the stuff that's really easy to get to without knowing industry people is uh largely stuff from uh baby diapers. Which from what I've seen and what I've heard, baby diapers and adult diapers are made in a very similar process once just scaled up. So yeah. uh the wetness indicators. This is where the acid-based stuff kind of really comes in because it is a straight acid-based solution that happens. So, wetness indicators work in that usually the yellow ones are, it is a, is a compound known as promophenol blue, which is a pH indicator. So, uh, if you're ever testing something, like if you're testing pool water, You'll get those strips or whatever, and you'll dip it in there, or they'll they'll usually run it through a machine now that tells you the pH, which is the number of uh, free floating hydrogens in a solution, or hydroxide. Yes, yeah, hydroxide for for base. Yeah. No, hy uh, hydrogen is acid. Hydroxide is base. A P is acid. That's the important thing. So P yeah. is acidic, usually. From what I could tell, it was like a range from like five to eight with a scale of what is it seven being neutral yep so usually it is it is slightly acidic nothing too bad you know apple juice is also acidic and we seem to drink that just fine yeah uh but what happens is that when your pee pees and it touches that that uh indicator it causes the indicator to say whoa there this is an acid this is acidic we need to change to blue because a, a small chemical reaction happened, and it goes from yellow to blue. So it's a very simple, simple thing, but that's the actual reaction that's going on in there. Uh, yeah, there's you can have a lot of really interesting uh, pH-based uh, color changes in chemicals. Yeah. Like that's uh, like phenolphthalein is like the main one that I actually use in my work. Um, I forget has like a range of oh, like like each chemical that you can use as an indicator for what the pH in the liquid that you're testing is. Um, they each have like a range of pH where they will change color. Yeah, that's like <laughs> so. This specific one turns blue. Yeah, and like this is half this like these sort of colors are all throughout chemistry. It's really interesting uh, hmm. because it's all based off light reflections. So I took a I took a class I took two classes on like the actual like what molecules are doing in the scenario, and the ones that they're doing that they they talked about were uh, gold was a great example. Uh, hmm. Stained glass gets its color straight from gold ions in suspension in suspension. It's all that oh. old ancient stuff. The reason its colors still remain so vibrant and stuff is gold in there. And gold is not reactive <laughs> at yeah, all. It wants to stay as gold. Yeah. Uh, I know that we can, I think we can shoot individual, I think there is technology that can shoot individual gold atoms off of it. Oh, uh, um, that 
is actually something that's widely used for like coating like wafers and stuff. Yeah. Maybe not shooting stuff off of it, but like basically it's like sandblasting except with ad- atoms. Yeah. It's really it's really cool what you can do yeah. with gold. Uh cuz gold has a lot of unique unique electrical things just due to where it sits with its electrons. It's mm-hmm. just like there's so many of them that's like uh, we're going to hold this and it's it's really a cool metal and it's why it's expensive is because there's only so much supply of it and it does all this really cool things but also doesn't degrade because it doesn't like to react with oxygen hmm. and again in chemistry we literally say oxygen is just the destroyer it is you know why you die due to DNA mutations it's because oxygen oxygen yeah. is a toxic material in uh Mass quantities. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Mm. You're fine. You're fine because there's only 0.29. Oh, is it 0.29 or 0.21? I always forget. It's been a while. Oh, since... free radicals? No, uh, oxygen in air. No, there's. It's it's more than 0.29. I think it's like 20 something percent. There, I'll, I'll look it up. Percent it's 21. Oxygen. 21. There you go. There, 21 there... percent oxygen in atmosphere. Yeah. Which is uh, it's pretty, pretty small considering how much we take in, and also we don't actually use all of the oxygen in one breath that we get. But no, yeah, but we're getting distracted. Yeah, but just remember that humans were pretty freaking awesome because we breathe poison. Yeah, that's the important thing. We breathe fire because yeah. oxygen makes things burn. Rust is a very, very slow combustion. Yeah, uh, in, in a lot of chemistry classes, combustion reaction uh, combustion reaction is literally when oxygen decides to burn things. <laughs> like, yep. It is just oxygen saying, okay, I want the electrons now, Gib. <laughs> Please give pretty me. pretty metal. So, All right. we have, next I have the cloth diapers. So as I was talking earlier with cloth diapers being like, holding stuff in. That means that we now have a problem for, you know, before disposable diapers came out, which is crazy, I know. Uh, But cloth diapers are waterproof because of one of two ways, actually. Uh, There is a layer that's applied usually to them of TPU, thermoplastic polyethylene, Mm. or PUL, Polyurethane laminate. And the way those two are applied depends on what they get called. So, TPU, we use, usually it's used as a polyether based. So, they use uh, an ether to make it, uh, to synthesize it. That's the base starting thing that happen. And there's two ways to do it. Uh, let me see if I had that tab still up. That's polyethane. Oh no. Can I magically go back? All right. We've gotten to the part of the podcast where I am not prepared. No, no, no. Uh oh. No, I just had to go find it. Uh, so, the reason we use, there are two groups largely there's polyester base, which is derived from adipic acid esters, which is a group of organic molecules. And there's polyether base, which is primarily used from tetrahedron ethers when they're made. 
And the reason you choose which one is that they had different resistance. So the important resistance for this one is the hydrolysis resistance, which means that its ability to go through hydrolysis, which is it's a reaction with water. Uh, so that and the my microbial resistance are both much better in polyether-based TPUs than in polyester-based TPUs. Hmm. So we use that primarily because we kind of just do it. There's also the idea that people don't like the idea of chemicals, of chemical reactions being in things they wear on them. Yeah. And this is primarily put on a substance through heat and layering and then heat. Uh, it's also, TPU is also used in wire and cabling jacketing. So like the the jacketing around any wires that you have, like your Ethernet, that will be a TPU as well because it is, you know, good at keeping out water. It, yes. it protects it and it's very durable and strong. So a lot of, of uh, diaper covers and stuff or all-in-one diapers that are used uh, are based on polyether-based uh, TPUs. But there's another group. There is the pool diapers. So pool diaper, uh, the pool is polyurethane laminate, which is a is put on there with a chemical reaction and layering. So very durable. They are very durable, resistant heat and uh, ambient humidity and light. And they will stand large. Uh, it's it's pretty good overall. Uh, if it's kept wet too long, though, it kind of uh, it kind of disintegrates into the water and likes to stick to itself. But it, mold will probably grow in it first. So, from what I could see, uh, pool is often used for like medical bedding or mattress protectors. So it, it's stuff that is largely. It's a different way of doing the same thing. But for a lot of people, one factor in it is that the fact that you have to use a chemical reaction to sort of put it on the diaper cover is, uh, that's what happens, is something that people don't like because the idea of there might still be chemicals on it, which yeah. is probably true in some way. But, man, so that's all that we had for the actual physical making of diapers and how they are sort of put together and used. There's some, a lot of the the cloth the the cloth that you'll feel inside a diaper is uh, some is some cotton blend that leaks and seeps through fairly easily. Uh, you'll also have a lot of uh, just in general. I know that I have a AIO that has a I think a pull pull inside with a carbon absorbency pad like mm -hmm. a and then uses like bed sheets for the outside so you can make a pretty water resistant all in one with it but you also have the problem of cloth versus plastic uh cloth doesn't hold as much usually yeah that's because it lacks a super absorbent polymer because once you use that you have to apply you essentially have to salt the polymer to get it back to its powder base so 
Yeah. I, what happens? I've never, I've, I've gotten a couple of cloth diapers in the past, but I haven't had good luck with them. I got, I got cloth diapers for one reason. I was in college and I knew yeah. that disposable diapers, right? Were something that I would have to, uh, I'd have to dispose of. Yeah. They took a lot of space. However, if I got the cloth diapers, all I would have to do is do my laundry. So hmm. I started using them as underwear. I stopped, uh, I stopped using, you know, normal undies and switched to, uh, to cloth diapers with inserts that I would just wear around because I liked it better. <laughs> I wouldn't it's use comfier. them. Yeah, I wouldn't use them, but it was, it was nice to, you know, have a diaper on still. Uh, and mm-hmm. also they have amazing cute pictures. And right now I use them for every once in a while if I want a diaper cover, I just put a cloth diaper over it. It's like, eh, if it gets a little bit wet, it's designed for that. If not, I get a cool, I get a cute diaper. And yeah, there are also some issues with like, cloth diapers don't expand that much, which means if you're wetting it, uh, you feel a bit more wet than you should because yeah. it's all going to stick right next to you. Yeah, the water is not trapped by a polymer. Yeah, but some people like that. Yeah. Some people really like the idea of potty training and being able to feel when they're wet. And there's one thing that the adult diaper group can't do yet. And that's uh, pull-ups. Mm-hmm. And I hate to tell everybody about this. But due to how elastics work, we're not going to get good pull-ups for a minute. We could put a lot of money and research into doing it, but that would be a very bad thing for companies to do because it probably is not going to return because you'll have to make new machines. And I think a lot of the diaper companies primarily work with uh, not the actual production, but more like the printing and the uh, mixture of sap and pulp that comes in is largely where they work on their stuff is the design and the actual mixture of the diaper, not the machines that make it. But there's good news because part of the most memorable thing for kids is the cooling pull-ups, the ones that let you know when you're wet. And that <laughs> I looked up the chemical reaction for that. And I think that one is actually pretty recreatable. I don't know That's if you'd cool. want it for a long time, but here's the science behind it. So, it starts to know that, you know the solubility that we talked about earlier? So it comes down to that. Certain molecules like to have a stable energy. And they will attain that stable energy and stay there. Uh, and when you have that happen, you have solids or whatever, like liquids. Like water wants to stay in a liquid, usually. It'll try to do that. If it's in the atmosphere, it likes to stay as, an air, as a liquid vapor. It will attempt to do that, and it's not going to change much unless you put energy into it or take energy away. There has to be a, a reason for it to change state. Yes. And this is where the cooling full-ups come in. Uh, I did note that on the notes, uh, that they are full-ups, because I imagine yeah. that a lot of you, that's what you're going to do it for. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, it is actually... Due to this, the what happens is that it's two sugars, two alcohol-based sugars called xylitol and erythi- uh, erythritol. Both are alcohol sugars. 
So mm-hmm. it just means they have an OH group and they're not that great. It means they're soluble. It's not eth- it's not ethanol like people like to drink. Sorry, guys. Yeah, don't don't eat the diaper. Yeah. However, you can eat both of these products. They are both sugar replacements. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, xylitol is found in gum. So you know when you bite into that spearmint gum or something and you get that cool feeling? That is the xylitol changing state from a solid to a liquid. Oh. So what they do in the cool-ups, the cool the, uh, cooling full-ups, is that they put a layer, I don't know an exact mixture, but they put a mixture of these two in there, of uh, xylitol and erythanol. So they're put in there. And then when you put water in there, their energy state, their natural energy state, actually goes up. So they need energy to go into the system. There's a lot of energy around, which means that the what happens is that the energy gets pulled up into those bonds and makes the out the rest of the mo- everything around the molecule feel cold. Yes. So the that's same... what's happening. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, they have a mixture. And there's a reason they have a mixture. Is that xylitol works really fast. Uh-huh. And the erythanol doesn't work as fast. So what happens is that because the two time differences and energy costs, if you used one, if you used uh, xylitol, the child would feel it for a second and then not think about it and it would be way too fast in small amounts for it to matter. Yeah. If you use just the other one, it happens over too much time, the child's not going to notice it. But by mixing them, you get both of that. Yep. That child will feel a cool sensation for a significant amount of time that tells them they're what. Yeah. And that sort of reaction is. It's not even, the... it's not even a reaction. It's just, oh. them, it's just sugar being dissolved in water. And that's the sort of reaction. It, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's not a chemical reaction, but it's, it, it, and that's why I started by explaining things want to be in certain states. Yeah. And like with the, like, like when you sweat, um, it cools you off when it evaporates because when, uh, when the, when the sweat tries to evaporate, it needs more energy. It goes to a higher energy state. And so it absorbs heat from its surroundings, i.e. your body. Yep. So when you sweat, it evaporates, you get cooler. And so... it's that sort of same thing, except going from a solid to a liquid state in these sugars. Well, Primarily, it's it does that because it is uh, going from a it's going from a, a solid to being absorbed in water, yep. so it's it goes to solubility, and it has to start reacting with the what it starts the alcohol part of the sugar starts to uh, have the have the good old chemical tango with the water and form <laughs> hydrogen bonds, and become soluble in it. And those hydrogen bonds, while they are incredibly useful, uh, they also are more energetic than it just being a dry thing. So when the when it happens is that they go from a state of not being in a in a bond with water and some kind of reaction or not reaction, uh, some kind of property or mechanic with water, and then they go to this interaction with water and they go, well, well we need more energy to make this stable, so we're just going to do that. 
and they absorb what they can from it. Yeah. Uh, so the reason that's good is that I don't know if there's a, if there needs to be more processing for safety. I haven't tried this, but it looks like you can just put two sugar substitutes in your diaper at like a certain <laughs> amount, and you can totally have that effect. I don't see any reason why this wouldn't work it, but I am not manufacturing this stuff. I do not recommend it. However, whenever you say don't recommend doing something, somebody always does it. So uh, yeah. try further to do it testing. safely. Yeah, further, further testing, testing is required. <laughs> <laughs> but for those of you who like the pull-ups, just get a diaper, tape it somewhat well or something and try those in there and see if it works. Yeah. Uh, the most like dangerous quote unquote dangerous dangerous thing that could happen in that sort of situation is the pH balance. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh if you're especially if you're a girl, change quickly when that happens. Like yeah. like you're gonna have to be careful. You're gonna need to go to pee when you put this diaper on, I think. Because like you don't want sugar to be around your genitals that much, guys. <laughs> Even if you're a guy like if you're a guy, if you have a if you have a, a penis, not if you're a guy, if you have a penis you're a little bit more protected. You have a vagina. Uh, don't risk it. I, I wouldn't risk it personally, but be safe. Be safe. That's kind of it with kink is that, yeah, every kink is going to be a bit dangerous, but <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to get that pee, that, that pee smell, uh, that cooling pee smell. Mm. Uh, and that brings I like us... diapers. I'm dangerous. <laughs> I like diapers. I'm dangerous. <laughs> I pooped him. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> no, no. This is this is this is how the podcast goes. We're doing it right. All right. We're, this is the most on theme podcast we've ever had. I imagine it's because Lee and Nate aren't here, distracting me. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna shit talk them while they're gone. What am I going to do? Complain? Yeah, no, it, it's all of us. All of us together wind up being very distractible. Is the yeah. problem. So. ADHD is a hell of a drug. Yeah, and when you have like, you know, three people and there's ADHD involved with like two of them, it yeah. gets, uh, things can go places. And that's normal for a conversation. Yeah. Uh, so, now we get to what every baby fur really likes. Smells. I see all you diaper snoofers out there. You're going to snoof. You want this smell in, right? And that works by a molecule in the air going to your nose, jamming itself in a receptor and telling your brain, yo, this is the, this is the chemical that reactivated this, just so you know. Yeah. That means there's the implication that whenever you poop and smell poop, there's poop in your nose. Molecules of poop. There's still poop in your nose. No specific, specific molecules. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Skateen. I have and... no idea what the that, that is. I don't know the. I didn't actually look at that. This is a nice, smooth transition to the idea of we all like baby powder smell. All right. <laughs> if you don't, you're the weird one. All right. Like, yeah. like everybody likes the powder to be applied and the diaper ash clean. Like, there's a certain smells that go with it. I focus on baby powder smell because I think that's what we all, when we smell like nursery, I feel like that's the smell that we're primarily smelling. Uh, 
And I had to look up what this is. And it actually is a mixture of... It, it, it seems to be proprietary for what the actual scent is. Uh, it depends on the... Uh, on how exactly they mix these two bases together and some other additives. But it's just like perfume. Uh, mm-hmm. But baby powder smell is primarily from galax olide and ethylene brassolate. Brassolate. And if you kind of mix those two together, you get this, you get like in certain different amounts, you get that baby powder smell. Uh, which means that because it is the same sort of stuff that's put in perfumes, you can put it in essential oils. You can put it in some in water. Uh, I remember, uh, baby powder water. Oh yeah. Well, what you could do is, uh, you can get the essential oils. I think I know that at one point in time, I bought a small vial of essential oils that smelled like baby powder from, uh, Amazon. And you can suspend that in water fairly easily because the two things don't like to mix. Yeah. So you can just put it in water, shake it up, and you'll be able to dilute it a bit and get a get a decent smell. And you can spray that water onto things, and it'll smell like baby powder. <laughs> uh, Terry. Baby water. Yeah, Terry, Terry smelled like baby powder for quite a while after I did that. Uh, and the best part of that is, is that because it's oils that are getting on there, they're kind of water-resistant. So it kind of just sticks on there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And when I mean a long time, I mean a long time. <laughs> so yeah, like when you mix up the water and the oil, obviously they don't they combine. Don't like each other. Yeah. Um, but the water does carry the oil a little bit when you spray it. Yeah. And then you can put it on your plushies and then it'll get soaked into their fur. The thing mm-hmm. is, is that the water will evaporate. The scent won't because it's mm-hmm. not you know, it doesn't evaporate at room temperature. So, I mean, it'll, it'll kind of, like, that's what the smell is, is that some of it kind of goes off, and that goes down to essentially molecules are always moving, and the only reason we see things as they are is that there's enough coming in and coming out that is relatively equal. Yeah. So, that's actually how we get the baby powder smell in, you know, baby powder or how you can apply it to things is that it's just a simple mixture of these two things that are used in, uh, these two chemicals that are used in perfumes. Hmm. So we're going down to the last thing that I have now, and here's the good news. All right. This is the stuff I, I did not tell you. Good news. Part of what we use science for and what we're worried about now is climate change and the environment. Hmm. And we all feel a little bad about, you know, we're throwing plastic away a lot of the times. We all have to deal with this. That's part of the subculture. So, why is this good news? I looked into the life cycle analysis of diapers. So what a life cycle analysis is, is that in environmental engineering, it's where you take a product and you analyze it from its base products to the production cost of it to the use to the disposal of a product and see what the environmental impact of each step is. And in the ABO community, a lot of it comes down to cloth versus plastic. If I switch to cloth diapers, am I being more environmentally friendly? 
The answer is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got some good research. <laughs> the, the no, the answer is that both of these things, the plastic and the cloth, actually have an environmental impact. Uh, there's the production of the cloth diaper, which will use cotton, and that means you have to actually get the cotton, which will cost uh, shipping, and it will also cost you know actually picking the cotton out. But you don't throw it away as often. That's the yep. thing, though, is that you are washing it. And that's where it's impacted, is that it affects the water. Uh, mm -hmm. Chemicals that are used to wash and set get put into the water system, and those can be added to the environment that way. So it does have an environmental impact. And that's why I said I have a few cloth diapers. I, don't, I usually use disposables as somebody who wears 24-7, because disposables are, tend to be easier, and I don't have to wash them all the time. And the squish. The squish is part of it, yeah. But largely, it is to me the diapers are kind of like a prop on some level. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter to me if it's cloth or plastic. Uh, I can definitely see uh, Baby Star has definitely done very well at advertising uh, how amazing cloth diapers can be for the little experience. Yeah. Uh, because often they are just layered and layered and layers and layers of. Uh, a kind of absorb more absorbent cloth on each other. So you have the the very nice bulky diapers and there's a lot of work to it, so it makes the changing a bit more intimate that can happen. But that is how so cloth because you have to wash it, it causes an impact on the environment still. Yep. So um the difference the main difference with that and disposable diapers is that the production of the cloth diapers um, affects things a lot less, but the cloth diapers exist in the world being used for a lot longer than a single disposable diaper. So the production of disposable diapers causes a lot more pollution and obviously the disposal of them. Um, but like there's a whole science of landfills and, it's actually pretty pretty well contained. Yeah, and there's also the fact that it uses what what's what's being harmed in it is the water supply. Uh because water runoff can be very devastating to ecosystems. Yeah. So, and there's good news. This sounds like all doom and gloom stuff. It's not. There's a there's a good thing at the end. So, we talked about plastic uh the primarily the big way that it impacts uh the environment is that it's a physical thing that won't decay for a while. So it has to be kept in landfills. Uh, the contents of the diaper will, however, be probably put back into the environment if it's in, you know, the plastic will be there, but, you know, the uh, the poop will, will, be, will be nice and turned to mulch. Yep. And the bugs will find it and stuff. It's standard wildlife stuff. Now, since both have their drawbacks, it seems like we're just harming the environment no matter what. That's not the good news. The good news is that diapers, even just, just the data on baby diapers, say that it is such a minuscule aspect of the issue that it is a non-factor. It is negligible in the impacting climate change. So we have to figure out solutions for these problems. However... We aren't directly causing us all to die, which is yeah. the good news. 
we cannot feel bad about what diaper choice we choose or anything like that because we're not the big player in it. And this is where we get the communist section of every time of it, where we say the big companies are prominent because the actual problem with the climate is that we are overproducing things for no reason other than to have a good supply and then artificially inflate the damage, the money. Yeah. So all we have to do is burn down all companies. Well, maybe, maybe let's burn. knock them down. Knock, knock them down with a very heavy. Really, object. we should just have a big. We should just have a a big strike and make sure that the economy comes to a complete halt. Um, I mean, Walmart has food, and they're not going to stop a crowd going in there and taking bread. That shit's insured. <laughs> <laughs> if we all, if we all just said, went to Walmart and said, "No, I'm not paying for this bread," <laughs> like they wouldn't stop you. So if we just all, as a collective group, work if together, everyone did it. Yeah, if everyone just walks into any grocery store, and we just all said, "No, this food is free now," and we just took it and distributed it, they wouldn't stop you. The managers might be in problem, but then you tell them, "Well, you're also getting free food, and this is insured by the big companies, anyways." So you know. It's kind of just for the good. Like, so there's like, a lot remember, of other things. Yeah. Um, when, when it's just one person taking an item that it's people stealing. want to sell for money, it's stealing. If everybody does it, it's a revolution. Yeah. And that's how we're going to end this. With the idea that no matter how much we want to poop our pants, we're not really impacting the environment that much. And we should just <laughs> attack companies. <laughs> yeah. I gotta do the voice now. Good news, everyone. We are not killing the planet. <laughs> okay, no, listen. The professor never says that. Every time good news, everyone is say, said, uh, what is it? Uh, so do you know, uh, we got a, since we're doing this live, was, uh, has said, did you know that, did you know that the, there, that biodegradable slash compostable plastic exists? And if disposable diapers were made from it, they would probably be more damaging to the environment than regular diapers. The reason this is is that composable plastic cannot be recycled with other plastics and cannot be composted with regular compost biodegradable. So, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of really interesting environmental science in the situation that we're at and what is the correct option to do. What we do know is that... Uh, a lot of our products, the real damage is from how the economy is currently structured. So, take that as what you will. Uh, but, we have a fun question. What's your ideal diaper? What, what are these things, what are these things together? What makes them a good diaper to you? Well, a good diaper to me, like, this is, this is all, like, a personal thing. So it doesn't doesn't have to be your perfect diaper, but um. So sugar, right? We're just gonna put sugar in. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just it, it, no sap, just sugar. <laughs> um, but no, for real. Um, like I really love uh, the Mega Max diapers because, like, the tapes they're strong. Um, oh, we didn't go over tapes, did we? Um, I could not find the glue that was that is used for tapes. I would be very interested in knowing because I know that, like, especially with like Mega Max diapers, uh, they have the landing strip. Yeah, 
And I would like to know what binds the glue better with a landing strip than does the rest of the plastic. I could not find that. I think largely because it is uh, a lot of the information is for baby diapers and we scale up. Hmm. However, baby diapers don't use those tapes anymore. They use no. hook and loop technology. Correct. So, and if you didn't know what hook and loop was, it's Velcro. It's Velcro. It was made by Space. It's ours. All right. No company gets to say that. Uh, we funded it <laughs> with taxpayer dollars, so it is ours. Mm. Uh, our Velcro. Yeah, it is our. We, the people, made Velcro with the help of scientists from companies that we paid for them to do. So it is a public. It should be a public good. <laughs> so, so, Mega Maxes. Yeah, Mega Maxes. Um, I do feel like Mega Maxes tapes are a bit too strong so like like when you t take it off it actually rips the landing pad like nine yeah. times out of ten um, uh, it so a for me recently oh maybe they changed their formula a little bit you see what what makes a tape a tape is they they have a piece of plastic or other material that they want the uh, structure of the quote-unquote tape to be made out of and they have an adhesive or a cohesive substance, but that's something entirely different. Um, so mostly it's adhesives, which add is you're adding something. Um, adhesive, I'm, I don't know. Um, but so you're adding a We're chemical not substance. We're yeah. not English majors. We're scientists. What is this Latin? <laughs> well, <laughs> everything could be numbers. We, don't speak we Latin. would just use. We would just reverence it with numbers, but we can't. <laughs> yeah, um, but so yeah, with adhesives, there's some sort of sticky sub substance that um, adds itself. It doesn't directly interact with the molecules of like the material that it sticks to, but it does um, like get itself stuck in the like the geometry of like the roughness of the surface. Yeah. So, um, some. Long story short, I would like it if um, <laughs> the Mega Max tapes were a little weaker, just a little bit. See, I kind of wish they had hook and loop. That, that too, that would that would be perfect. So yeah, thank you for reminding me about that because I actually tweeted that. Yeah. Um, like... So if Mega Max had hook and loop, um, I would like it if they fit me a bit better. But that's you know, we all wish that diapers. Fit yeah. Themselves a bit better. It's um, it's the problem with a. Uh non-custom made products like yeah. mass made products is that you have to we all have different body shapes which means that some diapers are just going to fit better with other people mm -hmm. because that's the standard just matches the body a bit better yeah um and so like i, I really like high leak guards i would like it if they were actually a little bit like tighter against the body um i would like it if there was like expansion and just and just just want it to be big man big. like not too big like still form fitting on the butt so like it's just nice and round but not like enormously round it just like highlights the, the booty i wanted to highlight the booty and then get really saggy <laughs> is this what you want on the podcast yeah <laughs> No, I'm laughing because uh, you mentioned leak guards, which is something we didn't touch on because I just kind of assumed people know how water, somewhat how water works. 
but me being engineer thought weak guards uh p going what's the flow rate of urine uh it typically flows from 10 milliliters to 21 milliliters per second interesting yeah uh there was one time i did a similar thing i i forgot i wanted to know the density of of a poop and i went <laughs> i looked i do google and it said seven and i went oh yeah wait a minute it's the, it can float or sink. It is literally just the same density. Yeah. There's no world that it could be anything else. There is a scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it would have the exact same one as water. How how stupid am I? No. No, it happens. Uh, but uh, for my, my ideal, weak guards are definitely a big thing. I actually think the mm. magnetics are mostly fine. I... I yeah. think I like Camelot's a little bit better, but that's probably because I like the I like the shell a bit better. Hmm. Uh, the the harder plastic is something. The stiffness of it, the stiffness of the plastic is a, probably a bit better for me. It hmm. feels more like a, a baby diaper than that. Uh, for me, I do like. Um, oh God, um, it's basically the opposite of that. I like it to be a little like still sturdy but like a little bit like thinner still soft but just like really pliant and so when it's like fully wet it's like just sort of forms into your hand it's really nice yeah no that that's and that's what it really comes down to is that like i i'm really happy that like the different staff levels and stuff is used to make a different sort of diaper every time with different plastics and different saps even like the, the cloth inner like the cloth inner lining is important and the leak guards are important all this stuff kind of comes together to have a nice variety of choice and yeah. abdls do have an effect on the market i knew that the minute that the megamax was really, uh yes the minute that megamax was described as uh you know stronger than dry 24 7 was the minute that I knew that we had an effect on the market because <laughs> largely for medical purposes, dry 24 seven is the max you'll ever have. Uh, in daily use, like a standard use conditions, uh, after about eight hours, you want to change anyways. Mm -hmm. So eight to 12, really, if your skin's really good, you can go 12, but roughly eight to 12 hours you want to change. And uh, that means that your absorbency probably won't get much higher than a dry 24-7. It's usually kind of excess. Now, though, now we have changed the market to where people want to stay longer. Mm -hmm. And now we have good diapers. Because so all this stuff, that's us. That's us, guys. We did it. We did it. We made, we made diapers market way way larger than it needed to be. <laughs> but so Vaughn, it's more efficient. Yeah. Vaughn, where can people find you at? Well, you can find me on Twitter. Um it's let me make sure there's like not a space or anything. Yeah, no, I have to go and do that too. Yeah. Uh nope, no spaces at Vaughn Lennox. V A H N L-E-N-N-O-X. That's me on Twitter. And on for Affinity, I am Vaughn underscore green. V-A-H-N underscore 
green. All right. If you don't know how to spell green, you, I mean, <laughs> no one knows. It, 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 it's, it's expected, but you, you'll figure it out. Just like copy paste it from Google. Yeah, or ask an adult. Yeah, that's my suggestion because usually you have to ask an adult to go on Google, anyways. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're Remember, babies. The internet is a wild place. Yep. There's porn on there. There is. So, <laughs> I am gonna I'm gonna wish Lily and Nate a great time. You can find them at on Twitter. You can find them with at actual Lily Pup and at Fluffy Nate. I am at Speller underscore 19 on Twitter. And you can find all of us at Baby at Baby Furcast on Twitter. Uh, we also have a Patreon at babyfur at uh, patreon.com slash babyfurcast. The tiers Join that we it. have are the $3 tier will get you instant uh, early access to the episodes, access to the Patreon. And also, apparently now, Sometimes we'll have live episodes where you can talk and we'll ask questions like we did for Grizz uh, earlier, which is great. We learned, I saw it when I was doing the panel, I thought that was the best addition we could make to the podcast was just have live time questions that can be asked. Yeah. Uh, It's honestly, it's just adding to the podcast. Yep. More the, more the merrier. Uh, At $5, we have, uh, at $5, we have, access to bonus episodes and unedited footage of this. So you will get the whole saying, all of the talking that we've done without any editing will be available probably tomorrow. Uh, well, today. It'll be available now. No, wait. No, I release it on Saturday. So when the podcast releases everywhere, if you're on the $5 tier, you will also have a release on the Patreon for unedited versions of it. Uh, and this unedited version Usually contains Nate's story time, uh, a lot of us bantering with the guests that will be on there today. That way we can get a feel for each other, and that all happens at the beginning. Maybe there's some stuff at the end uh, with unedited stuff. It's fine. Uh, at a certain amount, I believe it's like 10 or so, uh, Nate has promised to get a maid dress and put it on and give us pictures to the Patreon. Oh my god. Yes. So, uh, and then that will probably change to other people getting dressed and taking pictures uh, as small goals. So, uh, thank you all for listening. And, uh, you know, pee your pants. But when you do, remember, there's science behind that pee. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. 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 Ah.